Welcome to Aim Higher, a show designed to help us realize the leadership potential inside of all of us. I'm Skip Pritchard, CEO, author, blogger, student of success, and your host. Welcome to this edition of Aim Higher. This is the conclusion of season three. It's hard to believe that that time is already here, but season three is now closing. And I want to first thank everyone who's taken the time to write comments, rate the podcast, and share it with your friends, family, coworkers, relatives, neighbors, and even people you don't like if it's a topic that you think, you know, you really need to listen to this. I know I've heard all of that during the first three seasons. But it has been quite the season. We've had so many different things going on. We most recently had a discussion with Joanne Lublin. She was the Wall Street Journal writer and editor who really gave us a good look on women and how they're navigating work and life in the middle of a pandemic. And Carrie Oberbrunner came in twice to talk about being unhackable and leadership clarity. And then there's Patrick Donatio talked about communications and Jason Dorsey, great conversation about generational context and what's happening with generations and Karen Hurt and David Dye on courageous cultures in a company and Bob Rathbun, legendary sports announcer talking about winning teams. Great story of becoming an announcer starting when he was a kid, actually getting on the radio. John Baldoni talked about leading with grace. And of course, Scott McCain, my friend Scott McCain, talked about becoming iconic. And who doesn't want to become iconic? Well, maybe some people really don't, but people want to be at least distinctive and unique. And maybe if they go all the way up that pyramid, they can become iconic. We also had a personal quick podcast on what I learned from contracting COVID-19. Now, that was very interesting because that was no fun to contract COVID-19. So to any of you who have worn the masks, who have done the social distancing, who have avoided people, who have sanitized and still somehow got the virus, that one was for you. And then our panel talked about a lot of different topics. We talked about leadership and being approachable, the importance of being approachable, how to become approachable. And I think if you have to listen to a podcast on how to be approachable, that might be a clue. You need to listen to it a few times. How to get the most out of feedback. So employee feedback is a big topic of conversation and how to excel at giving employee feedback because we all listen to feedback and some of us immediately put on DEFCON 3 kind of, wait, what are we going to hear here? And then we maybe shut down and we don't take it all in and then it doesn't let us grow in the best way possible. Creating a performance culture. We had a podcast panel about that and how to delegate. Delegation, what a very interesting and difficult topic for both new managers and even seasoned executives. When to delegate, how to delegate, what's the right balance of delegate? When am I doing too much delegation? Is this the right person to delegate to? Did somebody else want to have something delegated to and didn't get it? And the importance of leading with confidence. We talked about that confidence, so important. And then how leaders are coping with COVID-19, obviously a big topic in the middle of a pandemic. And then also we talked about why gratitude is so important for leaders. I think gratitude is a foundational success element. It's one of the three laws that I talk about in the book of mistakes. If you want to have better friends, happier life, more promotions, healthier mindset. Everything stems from gratitude, I have found. Because of course, you're going to want to give something to somebody who's grateful. 
if somebody's ungrateful, they're probably not going to get more, right? I mean, if you have a kid who's extraordinarily grateful for a piece of candy, jumping up and down, thinks it's the greatest thing, you are more likely statistically to give that kid candy than you would be the kid that just says, red licorice, is that really it? I wanted something else, right? You're just more likely to give more to the kid that's grateful. Gratitude is a power that we should all master. So we're just going to have some random thoughts and discussion with a panel here that has been with us throughout all of this season. And so we welcome and don't need any introduction by the wrap up of season three, both Tammy Spade and Drew Bordas, who have been with us this entire season talking about all of these topics. We have covered a lot. We have covered a lot of ground, haven't we? When you went through that list, I was pretty impressed. That has been a very packed season. And we learned so much. I mean, I've listened back through some of it, and I thought, I don't remember that. Mm -hmm. And that's really interesting. That's what I was doing, kind of preparing for this. And there, there's a ton of content in here, and it's practical. Like that, I think that's the thing that struck me, is it's not just these you know, platitudes, go out and do this, and greatness, you know, greatness follows. It's, it's more just practical advice, which I love. Yeah, I love it, too. I think probably the practicality is rooted in the fact that we're practitioners, and we're not talking about it topics in the abstract. We're not talking about it from a academic standpoint. I love the academic standpoint. I learn a tremendous amount from it, studies, et cetera. I refer to it all of the time. I'm a, obviously an avid reader of both studies, journals, and books and go to conferences. But there's something to be said about taking all of that and then filtering it through to, well, what can we actually use? And I think the two of you are great to have here talking about that because you, we are all using it on a day-to-day -day basis and have for years. And we've made, it's not just, this is what works, but we can say, I can assure you that does not work. <laughs> yeah, from experience. <laughs> from experience. Yes. That's where I wrote the book of mistakes because it does matter, right? What works and what doesn't. So I do think that, what strikes you as I'm going through that list? Anything in particular? Unhackable was something that really struck me and I had a chance to hear that author speak as well. And it really served for me as a reset of where am I taking in information? Where am I spending my time? You know, I think a lot of us reset in this past year and took stock of our priorities. But the way that Carrie Oberbrunner positioned being hackable and unhackable was really helpful to me. And one just very practical thing that I ended up doing from that is reorganizing the apps on my phone and putting all the social media apps in one spot and not going there for a period of time. Just, you know, letting that go and not letting that consume my thoughts, take me off track, et cetera. That's a good one because so often that's where we go. Mm -hmm. And it's almost just mindlessness. Or yes. We're filling in time. And then all of a sudden that fill in time pulls you into the vortex that's and you've right. lost your day. That's right. No, I've never done that. Not day, but but time. <laughs> do you ever have that, you know, who knows where this will go? We'll just go on to topics everywhere. But do you ever have that thing pop up on your phone where it tells you how long you spent this week on oh, the Oh, I avoid that like the play. I've turned that off. How do you, I need, okay, little tip. I need to know how yeah. to turn that off. Yeah. I don't want to know. I'm like, it was up or down or whatever. One time it was way down and it popped up. My wife's looking. She's like, there's no way that could be way down. And of course I explained to her that none of the time I spent on my laptop counted. She's like, oh, you were on your laptop the whole time <laughs> yeah. instead of the phone. Yeah. So that's an evil 
pop up that tells me I'm on my phone. But anyway, it does remind you. It reminds me every time it pops up in a positive way to make myself unhackable, that you can't get lost. And of course, a lot of the time you spend on your device is actually extraordinarily productive, but it is a reminder each time. So yeah, unhackable. And Carrie had a lot of wisdom in that post. Anything else strike you on I think, season three? Yeah, one that struck me was the the courageous cultures, the conversation. I, I One thing I really liked about it, I think that was with um, Karen and David. Yes. I loved when they said, ask questions that are active, specific, and vulnerable. That really just kind of stuck with me. I think because it, it just, again, back to the practicality of it all, don't ask for help with something you don't need help with or you've already got figured out. That just wastes everybody's time. And really to be able, when you're talking with staff, to ask questions for things you actually need help with. When you hear it, it's like, well, duh. But really, a lot of leaders do not do that. And they think, well, I just need to ask for feedback on just everything. And no, I really need help on this thing. Help me. I love that. Yeah, it's interesting. I was struck by that, too. And I loved it. And I think from a survey perspective, it's perfect. I think sometimes Mm -hmm. as a CEO, I've had various times where we've had ask skip lines or tell skip lines, and they're making these broad suggestions. And they don't work because the person's uninformed. They're not sure of that area. It may not be something you're looking for, et cetera. And I like the specificity and that prescription and that because we really, really want this. And therefore, you can get involved in an active project or an active strategy instead of pontificating of, you know, we really should move the headquarters to X city when you may not be looking to do that. Or I wish we had almond milk in the cafeteria. Yeah. Never heard that. Never. One. Nope. <laughs> I think that goes to approachability too. We talked about the importance of approachability. And I think when you have approachable leaders in an organization, people feel comfortable sharing that kind of feedback and it gives you an opportunity for the give and take. Early on in the cycle of maturity and creating maybe an approachable culture, those open lines, you know, those suggestion boxes, virtual or not, can start that rolling. But I think ultimately it's important to be able to do it specifically with people and have the back and forth and the exchange that educates them and that educates you as a leader. I think that's true. It probably is a lot of timing. And it may have windows where it opens back up and then Mm -hmm. it doesn't. Being approachable too, when we talked about that very difficult concept in the middle of a pandemic, when you don't have those serendipitous meetings. And I know a lot of people are very happy about flexibility and working from home, et cetera. And I've always been a big proponent and advocate of people at times working at home where it makes sense and it works. And yet you can miss this. How do I get visibility with somebody who's three levels up in the organization? Because it's unlikely that they're going to schedule a Teams call with me, whereas I could probably have visibility in person. So it's just, we're changing into a different society as we blend this area. And and I think a a topic for the future will be how to get visibility in a virtual world if you're an employee, because I think it's shifted. We also talk a lot about feedback. Feedback's great. And we love the feedback we're getting from our listeners on AIM Higher. Tell us what topics you want to hear more of, less of, if you don't want to hear Drew anymore, no, stop no, it. Oh no, it's crazy. The feet, yeah, the feedback. <laughs> more Bordas, more Bordas. <laughs> I've seen that a lot in the comments. <laughs> the comments usually are just saying, "Just we just want Drew to just talk." So, yep. So that's really you're in luck. <laughs> <laughs> feedback, I think, is a difficult topic for people to wrestle with, and 
we often give feedback or accept feedback in the way we do it, but we don't think about how's that perceived by that person. I found that discussion really enlightening to get everyone's 360 review of just the topic of feedback. It's an art. It is an art. And I think one of the takeaways that I had from that and that we're trying to implement as an organization is conversational, frequent, in the flow of business, not making it a thing. We're going to have a feedback session, which, you know, doesn't necessarily have the same feel as, hey, let's just talk about this project. How is it going? Is there some way I can support you? What are some of the barriers you're hitting? What are some of the things you really feel good about, really clicking along? That's feedback. And I think we tend to put feedback in two formal of a box. So one of the takeaways that I had from that is just the cadence of the informal and conversational in the flow of normal work. Talking about approachability, though, with feedback, thinking about, you know, you said three levels up. Part of my struggle has been connecting with people at other levels in the organization. Absolutely. Yep. In, in, yes. in a large team, you know, where you have dozens and dozens of people, you're interacting with your direct reports, maybe people in a project, but there's a whole group of people that I just feel disconnected from. And if we were in a physical space, I would walk up to the area and just say hi to people. But you have to do that a little differently in this environment. And we just have to learn how to do that over time differently. I couldn't agree more. I think it's going to be a, a big challenge in coming years. So yeah, feedback and connection and approachability, they're all interrelated. And the pandemic, I think it has accelerated all of these trends into a very compressed period and challenge the way we work and the way we think, which I think is fantastic. It's a period for reinvention for all of us. I was also struck, speaking of reinvention, with Jason Dorsey. What a wealth of information. I was just thinking of mm-hmm. him, actually. Generations. Yeah. Whoa. He's on the Speaker's Roundtable with me. He is a powerhouse on generational discussions and just insights. And, and it gave me new insights even in watching my own daughter. Just, wow, this is how they think and they're wired differently and punctuation in a text message, like all of those <laughs> things that mean something that we don't. I've learned in communicating with that generation, I do a lot more sending GIFs and pictures, and that suffices. Isn't it GIF? Is it GIF or GIF? I, that's why I said GIF. Should we, have a, I, should we have a podcast just on that? We, yeah, we should have our, if, our listeners let us know I that. used GIF and, and, and looked at Drew to see if he would see, react. See, I'm so easily just you Let us stray. We'll do a session on provoking your Drew's, readers. Drew's problems. <laughs> yes. Well, I was thinking of Jason because of the feedback discussion. And the generational differences we're starting to see as, you know, not millennials anymore, but as, as they enter the workforce and they just have different needs Gen than, Z. than we do. I'll use we broadly as Gen X, which I don't need your feedback. Um, but <laughs> but it's, uh, it's something to be aware of. That everybody on your team has different needs and you've got to approach them, you know, personally when, to really make it effective. I thought that was fascinating. And they want it all the time. That's hard. And, and it is it is hard. <laughs> And they want to say, am I I doing a good job? If if you weren't doing a good job, I'd tell you. (laughs) (laughs) If you don't hear anything, just go for it. (laughs) And and yet that kind of goes back to that feedback. And for me, you know, I get to performance review time and I'm thinking, do do we need to have this conversation? You know exactly how I feel. Like there should be no surprises. You know everything that I feel. And if you don't, then I'm not redoing all those conversations again. (laughs) So yeah, that was a fascinating talk with him on... Gen Z and how they're reacting and even some of the HR implications and paychecks and things of, mm-hmm. you know, daily 
pay and and all of that, I think coming down the the road probably in a completely different way. Oh, I loved the quote about you gave somebody a check and you wrote it in cursive. Two things that that generation does not understand. I thought that, you know, I just, you just don't think of that. Yes. No, you don't. And yet hand lettering has made a great resurgence in that <laughs> yes. particular, but at more as an art. Yes. Another Speakers Roundtable member, Scott McCain, just did a terrific job of becoming iconic and how a brand becomes iconic, mm -hmm. which first you have to be distinctive. You know, iconic is transcending a category. You may not choose to try to be iconic, but understanding that flow, and not just from a company perspective, but even from a leadership perspective, where are you on it? And how do you make yourself distinct? Because being distinctive today, I think, is so important, whether it's in social media, because there's just this noise, right? So how do you stand out? How do you become authentic? How do you resonate with people both as a brand in a different way. I found that conversation very, very intriguing. So we've really run the gamut. Doesn't Scott have a great voice too? I, he, the truth is I don't care what Scott's talking. He has talking. a great voice as, <laughs> soon, as, as soon as he starts talking. It doesn't yeah. matter what it is. So I think that's why being iconic matters so much for him because he is iconic. Right. I thought it's, that about Bob Rathbone too. And obviously, I mean, he's a radio personality. It's what he does. But as soon as he started talking, I thought, man, listen to that voice. Yeah. And I'm you, jealous. You were there helping to record some of those early oh. discussions uh, when we met with Bob in Atlanta. You were there as well. So. Were you there? I don't know. No, There's I don't so think many. he was there. There's were you so there? Many of these. You know, that was now you were not there. That that's why we could use it because the feed, the uh, audio was good. The audio so was good because I didn't do there. it. <laughs> <laughs> Carrie's our uh, audio engineer and producer, and he's like he's wiping the his professional brow, in going, the room. Whoa, what are we doing? <laughs> We have a microphone for Kerry, but he's not weighing in on that. I think he's turned it off because he doesn't want to talk about his brilliance. Just hands. But none right of these now. conversations would go anywhere if we didn't have Kerry, which leads me to gratitude. That is true. Gratitude. Sure. So we're very grateful for Kerry's expertise. And I think gratitude is, to me, it's everything. I don't know how to teach it to kids. You know, we say thank you and all that. But the true spirit of gratitude, and I do think you can learn it. You can meditate on it. You can do a gratitude journal. You can become a more grateful person. And it does take the edge off. Somebody who's a little more sarcastic or critical, I don't know who that would be. <laughs> you can become more grateful, more positive over time. I always tell my friends, I'm aspiring, always aspiring to be more positive. And gratitude just goes hand in hand with positivity, with enthusiasm, with energy, and it really is true that more comes into your life the more grateful you are. I've seen it over and over. And if you, if you actually think, well, I'm not getting enough, the real question is, are you giving enough? And if you start giving more, you will see this enormous return that just magically comes. It's a law, the law of gratitude. I put it in my book because it's so important. The law of gratitude, it just works. You know, some of the things I've observed with gratitude are that gratefulness often stems from some disappointment or brokenness. That when you have disappointments in life, in career, even in the, you know, similar or small situation of a broken promise, over time that makes you more grateful as you interact with other people. And I just observe that having raised kids and, you know, done some teaching with kids through the years, that as they become empathetic about things that 
are given to them or things that they want but that they didn't get or perhaps something that just didn't go their way, gratefulness is nurtured. I think a theme that we see in in all these seasons, all these episodes is self-awareness. I think the more self-aware you are, gratefulness can for those for the speaking as someone who it did not did not come naturally to it is learnable and i think the more you just understand about yourself and kind of what makes you tick and and what works what doesn't work gratefulness is something that that happens out of that yeah good way to put it and i i think i share that with you as well and and just being grateful really changes a lot i remember deborah norville came to speak and i had a great conversation with her. She's an extraordinarily gifted communicator, but she wrote a book called Thank You Power. And it's a simple book, but Thank You Power just went through some of the basics of this power of gratitude. And I remember that, and she was so grateful. And I remember everybody that she met, she's remembering their names, and she's looking for a connection, and she was incredibly grateful. And she sent me a thank you note for hosting or whatever. When we were the beneficiaries of her research and experience, and yet she deliberately was sharing her gratitude and the book, Thank You Power, one I still recommend because of that. It's good to be grateful. And I, th- I think a thank you note is a habit you can build that just reinforces itself, mm-hmm. right? If, you, if you're writing a few thank you notes, a few, hey, real quick, I appreciate you. Hey, I noticed you did this, uh, you know, something. It fills your brain. You start to think that way. You start to notice it. You start to appreciate people. So, I mean, there are things you can do that kind of reinforce the muscle memory. Really true. And I think a critical skill for us to teach kids, write the thank you notes. It really matters. And I think if you could play one clip for the kids, if you write thank you notes, more gifts will come to you. (laughs) (laughs) It's really true. I've talked to one set of grandparents not too long ago, and they were talking about how very different their kids' kids were. And the one family always was sending, oh, we got these notes in the mail and, you know, these pictures and they drew us with the toy, et cetera. And I said, who gets the most toys sent to them? Oh, we're equal with ever. I said, no, come on now, really? And of course it was true. They had to admit, well, you know, it's not because of that, they said. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure, sure it isn't. It really does make a difference. It's a selfish thing to be grateful. That could be a podcast topic. It's a selfish thing to be grateful because the more grateful you are, the more you get. Uh, How's that? (laughs) It's always a twist. That's why Tammy's here. Tammy's here to help us. I'm just imagining selfishness as the the topic. Selfishness. I I think we could go there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe we'll put that. Well, we do want to know what you want to hear about in season four. And so feel free to write in, contact us, share your thoughts, opinions. But we deeply appreciate your listening and your dialogue with us on all of these various topics throughout season one, two, and three. And I do have people who say, I just found your podcast. We're starting at season one. So wherever you are on that journey, we encourage you to keep listening because there is a tremendous amount of wisdom, knowledge, and mistakes and screw-ups. And you can learn from them all rather than making them yourself. And I always think that's the better way to go. Any closing remarks from our brilliant panel? Grateful to be included. I love this. It's a good time. I would say I've learned a tremendous amount from many of the guests, my fellow panel members who are here and those who are guests. And it's, yeah, it's just been great. Yeah, it's a great conversation. And 
I think we all learn from those interactions. We don't think about it because usually we're so busy working in the business or in things instead of on ourselves and on the business. And yet that's where often the biggest breakthroughs can come. So thank you to everyone who's listening to season three. Thank you for rating us and putting your comments in. We appreciate it. And we look forward to seeing you in season four, or at least having you listen in season four, where we know that you can continue to aim higher. Thanks for listening to Aim Higher with Skip Pritchard. Check out skippritchard.com for more episodes, interviews, book reviews, and leadership insights. And if you like what you hear, please rate us in iTunes. Until next time, remember, don't settle for the mediocre. Always aim higher.